Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast. And now, the youth. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the youth on Slam Radio, Series XM, Channel 145. Yes, we are back. And with a new time, 11 to noon is our new time weekdays here on Slam Radio. This is Amanda Marie speaking. And today, I am joined by the lovely Brianna, my fellow grad. We finally graduated on Friday. What a beautiful celebration. And shout out to everyone at Slam. And just anyone who made this possible was so nice to have that experience that even under the circumstances, we were able to walk across that stage. So congratulations to Brie. Congratulations to the entire SLAM class of 2020. We did it. We're done. We're officially SLAM alumni. I'm very proud of all of us. But yes, I'm joined by the lovely Brianna today. Even post-graduation, we're still here, as well as Anthony, Gerald, Nicole, and Mario. And we are looking forward to this new time, this new look for the youth as we start off our summers, pretty much. Tremendo piquete. We have a great <laughs> little lineup. I don't usually interject on the show. Good uh, good morning to you, and welcome to your new time slot for the summer. How's everybody doing? Everybody's doing great, I believe. Summer good morning. Doing good. That's good. good. So um, this is a moment that I wanted to congratulate the two of you. Um, so proud. And it's funny, all weekend I didn't shed a tear, of course, when I go on the air and talk about it, I become a blundering mess. Um, where's Brianna? Is she there? Of course. Hi, Bri. How are you? Hi, I'm good. And you? Congratulations, old lady. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so there's something in here, and, and, and Mario and Nicole and the gang can listen. Uh, and hi, Anthony. How are you? And everybody understands this. And I think the, the only two people that didn't understand this when we made the announcement, Frank, a couple of weeks ago, are you, Amanda, and you, Brianna. Amanda's starting to understand a little better. Brianna, do you, do you understand what your role is moving forward at SLAM? Radio, that is. Kind of. Kind of. Okay, so you know that we you're the graduate technical director, correct? Yes, sir. All right, so who's the current technical director? Who would you say it is? Mi hermanito, my little brother. No, he's the student technical director. Who's the grown-up technical director? Frank. No, Frank's the executive producer of the station. Who's the grown-up technical director? Me. That's correct. So when I said that you were stuck with me and I did this, the first thing I told Frank, I go, I don't think these two ladies realize um, that they now we are now doubled in adults that are in the hierarchy of the station because there have to be adults making decisions in the station alongside with the kids. So for every major position in, in, in leadership for the station, there has to be an adult who mirrors that position. And we've never been able to do that. Um, we have a general manager that's a student general manager, Nidania Perez, and the general manager is myself. And uh, while we don't have a student executive producer per se, uh, Frank serves the role as the executive producer. So we are looking for a student executive producer. Um, we also have a student program director who's in the zone, Nicole. Um, Amanda, you are the program director of the station. And Brianna, you are the technical director of the station. And what that means to me is even though there's not a paycheck to it because we are obviously a 501c3 means that we do this not for profit. Um, when you give your times and your talents and you give back to the station, um, 
it's a no-brainer for you guys because of what it meant to you guys. But you also have a position of authority in our board and the day-to-day decisions we make in the station. Uh, and I wasn't sure you understood that. I didn't want to muddy the waters as you were getting ready to graduate, which is really the most important part of all this. But now you're done. And there is zero to be sad about Slam Radio because you now have a much bigger role with us than you ever did. Okay, so the silence. I don't understand that one, Frank. Do you? Uh, I mean, you're talking. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) You're talking. I mean, everybody's kind of waiting when it's going to be their opportunity. I'm done. I'm done. I I know Amanda had an epiphany over the weekend. It didn't really dawn on her until I said it that way. I think Bree's in shock right now. That's what I'm thinking. A little bit. Well, yeah, you can't see Bree's face. Bree's kind of like holding her head up with her hand, and she's holding back those tears. Yeah, well. You, you're a boss now. Like, you're in charge here. And I think that that's a, such a well-deserved, I think it's such a direct way to not just give back to the students that come in here and rock it, but it's such a perfect, you're not going to be able to hold that role forever. Or maybe you will. But at some point, you're giving back to anyone who's playing that role on a student level. And the whole point of it is that type of interaction. We always talked about having interns. It's not about having an intern. It's about having somebody who can be fed off from a student level. Amanda, you served for two years as general manager. I mean, I'm your dad, but you, you, you fed off that. And I thought that you did a, a, a marvelous job. I can't wait to mentor Idania as I've mentored her for two years. And we kid around. Everybody in Slam Radio says, this is his other daughter. Um, so I think it's funny that she's, you know. <laughs> no, I'm not a nepotist. No, not to, no nepotism here. I'm sorry, but... Um, but she's certainly someone that we're excited to have. It'll only be 12 months, but we'll have her. And then after that, you know, we'll go from there. But you guys, um, I will honestly tell you that that is something Frank and I laughed. We were like, look at that, bro. We're going to get some other grownups to help us run the station. And, um, and we are really, really excited about that. We're very proud of both of you. Uh, Amanda, you got the hint yesterday, today, more about Brianna. Uh, I don't think you realize that. That's why I said, make sure mamas listen. Um, but I'm looking forward to continue to work with the both of you. And you guys got to help us, you know. Plus, in the highest of hierarchies, you bring a little estrogen to the table because it was just two guys running this, this place. Um, so we're excited about that. But we're excited about continuing to work with you and the expansion of the things that we're going to do here at Slam Radio. And I think you'll start seeing for yourself uh, in the coming days and weeks what's, what's going on and what we're working on. But we're excited. I'm going to leave you to your show. Uh, if you have to roll through a break because I destroyed their format, Frank, just do it. No one's really anticipating to pay any bills from any spot that we run at 15 after. So, you know, if they need to roll through that first break because I took the first segment almost, please continue forward, forget the break. And by the way, I love you all, Mario, Anthony, Nicole, y'all, Gerald, y'all going to help me run this place for the coming years. And what we have set up here is just beautiful. And I love the fact that I have former students giving back. That's the best part of all this. It really is. So very proud moment for Papa Bear here at Slam Radio. Well, I don't want to say I'm Papa Bear. I'm going to say something else. But uh, thank you so much for what you've given to Slam Radio. And thanks for the youth. The youth is fantastic. Well, everybody's really enjoying what you guys are doing. And we're going to continue to enjoy that. Only this summer now, it'll be from 11 to noon. You really, Bree, you really deserve this job. And working with you for about a year, I've only been at for a year now you really have been a leader uh, in these past few months and if there was anybody at 
Slam Radio that would deserve this job. Anybody in the world that would deserve this job, it would be you. So I just want to say congratulations. You guys are going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm not to cry. So, you know, you. Oh, this is I'm a resume. <laughs> this is a resume builder. I, I plan on uh, on printing business cards for the both of you and everything. So this is real official for you guys. I, I didn't think... I thought you guys would pick up on it, and you didn't. And I didn't want to be bold and just say it, because that's how you go in with a big head. You're almost tentative about what is it we're going to be able to help you with. You guys already have it handled. <laughs> Amanda, get ready. You're going to be the grid uh, meister. You're going to control that grid in our programming. That's what program directors do. You're going to keep your old man organized in that level, because that's something Dad's had a hard time doing. And on the technical side, Brianna's going to continue to just build what we started building where other students can walk in and feel comfortable running a board. That's a big deal, including this student right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a refresher course. I'm going to be good enough to be a board op any day now. So we're excited about the things that are going on in the summer. I'm going to let you be. The youth deserves to continue, especially with no break here. So uh, congrats to you all, and, and onward. Godspeed. Well, thank you for that. That was nice to have you on our show for a little bit there. You never, ever interject, I think, the only time we ever really had you on was our first show ever live in studio. So it was nice to have you on for a little bit, even if it was, for, you know, you hijacked our first segment, but <laughs> thank you so much. And yes, congratulations, Bree. And I know I'm excited. I'm sure Bree's very excited to continue to work. And even though it's, you know, it's in a post-grad situation and it's not, it's not the day-to-day -day where we used to, you know, be students in that environment. It's still fun. And the fact that we'll still get to work with all of you, which we've worked for, for, I know Bree's done it for three years already. I did it for two. So the fact that we'll still get to work with each and every one of you, it, it's exciting. And I'm looking forward to watching how you guys will grow the station as students. And just I'm excited to work alongside Bree and Frank and, you know, the amigo, of course. <laughs> but of course, you know, we're here on the youth and we're going to get into what was supposed to be our first segment. But anyways, we, we rolled through with the punches here and it was nice to have them on. Like I said, it was nice to have them on here for our first segment on the youth. But our COVID-19 run now, we do it each and every show. And even though we're starting to see things look up in some scenarios, we still have to talk about it. And we still keep you updated on the facts and stats and everything that you need to know, the latest updates. And there's some pretty important updates in today's rundown, which, of course, to kick it off, we have our global case number currently at 6.8 million with a surpassing total of 400,000 deaths, as well as over 3 million recoveries. So we're seeing these numbers increase in some scenarios. Overseas, we're seeing this is huge for New Zealand. The government of New Zealand declares itself free from the coronavirus for the time being, as they have now reported zero active cases. So this is the first time, obviously, since the coronavirus pandemic broke out and was confirmed in this nation on February 28th. So New Zealand, we know that they enacted some pretty strict lockdown restrictions right at the beginning. And people were not allowed to do anything whatsoever. And clearly it paid off because now they're living in a society where there is no, no active cases at the moment. And of course, this is subject to change. This could always change and they can see new cases spike up depending on, you know, just there's different circumstances that can unfold that'll have these cases increase again. But it's nice to see that we're finally seeing some headway being made and some good news in light of this situation. We're also seeing zero deaths being reported in Japan for the first time in three months. Another big deal, which now this is more towards home, we're seeing New York City. They're preparing to take their first steps towards reopening. We know, we've talk, talked about it here on the youth, New York City has been hit so hard by the coronavirus pandemic. We've seen how it's 
it's taken a toll on this entire state. And now we're finally seeing some today. Today, we're seeing some sort of semblance of this reopening where non-essential construction and manufacturing businesses can resume to open as well as retail stores, but they're only open for pickup. So we've seen that here. It's common here in Florida. We've seen that, especially in Miami-Dade. We've seen how some stores are doing pickup. You can only pick up things from your store and some stores are finally starting to open. But this is nice to see, especially, you know, we've seen how the unemployment rate has continued to go up and expected 400,000 workers could be returning to their jobs today in New York City. So a lot of good news in this scenario and a lot of good things coming out of this entire situation, which we know has been so negative and so gloomy for the past three months. But moving on here in the United States, we're seeing a confirmed total of 1.98 million cases, as well as 112,000 deaths and 528,000 recovered patients. I mean, it's kind of crazy because now you're seeing it. It's like a page turner at this point because now it's the opposite side of where before it was, oh my God, there's so many new cases. There's so many people that are, that are getting sick and we don't know how to handle it. Now it's the point where we're, again, it's, it's a page turner. Now we're finally seeing the upside to it. People are now becoming, you know, let, more immune to it. People aren't really, you know, getting it. People are, 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 are recovering. And that's truly something that we, that I personally, love hearing because it's 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 really nice and it's 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 warming because it kind of puts everything back into place where I'm like okay routine will start falling back into play and everything will start making more sense and everything will come back to being normal yeah but like then again we can't just like take this with a grain of salt like it completely disappeared like we see a lot with the protesters just gathering around in these huge groups and it's just people are acting like this has completely disappeared and not following the social distancing anymore. And it has very well not disappeared. We are at 2.5 million cases in the U.S. alone and 7 million in the whole world. So there, this is still very much a real thing. And people need to really take into account that this isn't over just of yet. Thank you, uh, Mario. Like, I agree. Like, it's not over. And there's still cases around the world, but we have seen a decline a little bit around the world. I'm saying that in the next three days, the coronavirus is going to be wiped out from the fifth. fifth you know what I'm saying? But it's been decreasing a little bit. Granted, it doesn't give them the opportunity to just gather in groups and completely ignore CDC guidelines. But I understand why, because it's going down. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's gone to a point where so many people are desperate already because it's been so long stuck at home. So the reopening of things little by little, people are excited and people are starting to go out and people are starting to be confident. And we've talked about that here as well. We've talked about how, you know, some people are willing to start going out again and some people are not so willing to go out again. And even while wearing that mask is a sacrifice right now that you have to make in order to go out, it's a sacrifice that people are willing to take. But in this scenario, we're starting to see, you know, steps being taken where we're going back to that normal and we can't stay locked up at home forever because if not, then there'll never be any sort of normalcy. But, you know, we're starting to see, uh, we're starting to see some trends where incoming cases are going down incoming cases are going up we're seeing countries overseas that are starting to actually get hit really hard by the coronavirus pandemic months after as we're finally in the reopening phases but it's something that of course we'll see how these things unfold 
some people are predicting a second wave and we've talked about the second wave here on the youth and that is expected to come in the winter months but of course that's all something that is in due time we're not sure yet so in the time being we just have to sort of understand what's going on and of course be safe and protect yourself but as well try to return to some sort of a normalcy as much as you can because we've been at home and that cabin fever is starting to finally hit because it's been so much time stuck at home but moving on from the coronavirus update from our rundown here on the youth each and every day another update that we've been including in our mix and we've talked about the past week is the entire George Floyd case. And, you know, we know what happened. We know what went down. We've seen the headlines. We've seen the news. And the latest update was that all four former officers were in custody. Derek Chauvin, his third degree murder charge was brought down, was brought up to second degree murder. And he is due in court this afternoon. We'll see how that unfolds and we'll see that in the news as well. And we'll probably talk about that briefly tomorrow. And again, we talked about this last week. The other three officers were charged with aiding and abetting murder. So we saw how this definitely it made some protesters feel like justice had been done and mario brought up a great statistic this is the farthest in a situation like this that justice has ever been served so we're seeing some sort of leeway being made we're also seeing the minneapolis city council they pledged yesterday to dismantle the police department which is a very bold statement to make you know there's no specific plan set in place yet but they are studying public safety models being tested in other cities and they do plan on implementing these into their new model for their police department, which is a huge, like I said, a huge statement to make, very bold. And again, we're seeing this as a result of this entire situation. We're also seeing New York City and LA City officials pledging to bring down the police budgets, to shrink these police budgets in the coming months as a response to the protests. So we're seeing now something that protesters are demanding is that the funding for police, police departments be brought down because of this entire situation. So even more conflict added to the mix. We're also seeing the protests. They have continued throughout the weekend in places like DC and LA where we saw them getting very hostile. And you know the headlines and the news, you were seeing how crazy these protests were getting and they were you know riots and the looting and everything. We've talked about that here on the youth. We're seeing how they're starting to wind down in those places. But then yesterday in Seattle, there was a shooting at one of these protests. We're seeing the National Guard getting involved at many of these protests. We also saw some sort of a, I guess you could say, a feel-good story in the mix of all this negativity and all this chaos. A newlywed couple in Philadelphia, right after they got married, they joined in the protest in their wedding dress and wedding tuxedo. So again, we're seeing how a lot of people are coming together and this situation is bringing a lot of people together and, and joining the Black Lives Matter movement. I remember when I saw that picture that the caption for one of it was that you can't fight hate with hate you can only fight hate with love and so that was like the whole meaning of like them getting married during the protest and then them you know kind of showing off not showing off but like showing their own um act and their own part in in with the black lives matter movement and with the whole protest and quite frankly i i think that it was such a beautiful gesture to be done in, in certain times like this because we are seeing how some of the police officers are treating some of the people that they are detaining from peaceful protests as well as from riots and you know we are hearing all these these stories as well as I mean really these firsthand accounts and 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 all these other stories where people are dying because of tear gas and they're asthmatic and all these other things that do that, that do kind of you know make us take a step back and see you know the 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 full effect of of, of it all and then you get stories like this that does really 
warm your heart because you're like, well, at least there's something right that's happening. At least there's something that, that you can look at and you can say, you know what? That's the light that we needed during this time because it truly brought a whole bunch of people together. Like people stopped and people were just watching and people were just were essentially watching like their own love story, you know, fall, fall into place. And I think that that's kind of, that's honestly the best part, well, the, the lightest part, but the best part and on the happier side that's happened during this whole process and during this whole, I mean, other than, you know, people coming into place and finally understanding human rights for some reason, which is mind boggling that it wasn't understood, but that definitely took a nice turn that I, I wasn't expecting, but I was definitely happy to see. Yeah, I when I when I actually saw the what's it called the um, the picture and the video of them just holding each other's hands in the middle of the protest, I was like, wow, that's really nice and really heartwarming that they did that. Um, and I was just like, wow, I admit, in the middle of like all of this, they're they're just being them being together, being happy, showing that showing their like love story i was like wow that's really cool and really nice and especially for a time like this is it was a really good thing to do i definitely agree i'm glad that there's at least some possibility positivity oh, can't english today jesus um it's good that i'm seeing at least some positive come out of the protest and I like the quote that Nicole said, definitely, because right now the violence and all the, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't like the fact that people are looting and rioting because it still makes no sense to me because that's not a way to voice yourself. All this protest, all the peaceful protests, I love it. And I love how a couple decided right after they're married just to join in the movement, just to bring positivity and equality that is important all these riots there's been a lot of peaceful moves there was one i believe it was yesterday in los angeles there's something called the dunk bus and it's a bus with a basketball hoop on it they brought it out to the riots and a bunch of people were playing basketball and it was really wholesome they stopped riding they were just gathered around playing some basketball and everybody was being together until the LAPD confiscated the dunk bus. And that's some of the things that I don't like, where it's people trying to be nice and wholesome, and the cops find, like, they're obligated to do something like that and just ruin everything for them. It it frustrates me. But that's not the point. My point is that there's a lot of people who are trying to find some light throughout these dark times and it's really a good maneuver it's hand down maneuver and i really appreciate all that and i guess and i gotta say that this has been like you know all this peaceful protest they're really you know coming together as everyone else said and that the rioters and looters are making a bad narrative but then again it's only a small percentage of these protesters that are rioters and looters. And I just hope that some people can, you know, see that it's not everyone and that a lot of the people out there are like these couple and, you know, the people with the dunk bus and not those rioters and looters.
Absolutely. And we'll see how this continues to unfold before our eyes. We're seeing different updates and different things coming out of this entire situation. But when we come back here on the youth, we're going to talk in our last episode last last week. You know, we talked about the NBA coming back, but now another big sports league, the MLB, is having trouble putting together a similar plan. You're listening to the youth here on Sam Radio, Sirius XM, channel 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, channel 145. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. (laughs) Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Well, it just annoys me that you don't see it my way. Oh, it annoys me that you don't see it my way. We can play this game too. What? Not always going to see it your way. Your way is not the way. I can see it my way. But your way is not the way. So some people, some people are really... That's huge ego of you, by the way. Yeah, of course. You can't spell amigo without the ego. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, he's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them, but I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Sam Radio has brought so much positivity into my life that allows so many young people to have a voice. I'm very thankful for this opportunity at Slam Radio. Not a lot of people get to say that they worked on the first radio station run inside a high school. I've learned so much from Frank the Tank. I've learned so much from Danny, from The Amigo. I've learned so much from them, and I thank them so much, and it means a lot to me. Slam Radio is a community. It just gives you opportunity. They give you opportunities that not many schools have. The people here are just great. Someone always has your back no matter what. It is definitely a place to leave your egos and your insecurities behind and just be yourself and all become one. I'm so thankful for everybody here at Slam Radio, and I'm thankful for this wonderful opportunity that I've been given to jumpstart my career. You are listening to Slam Radio on Sirius XM 145. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. 
and there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know, that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Hey, this is Tiki Barber. You're listening to Slam Radio. FM Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. That was definitely a much longer first segment than we than we expected, but it was nice to have Amigo on with us. And we talked about, you know, our graduation ceremony and Brianna and I's roles post-grad now. Very excited and looking forward to that. We also talked about, of course, our COVID-19 rundown. And we talked about the George Floyd situation and everything that's sort of surrounding that entire situation. But moving on from this conversation, we briefly mentioned it before we went to break, you know, Major League Baseball. Last week, we saw how the NBA finally announced their plan to finish off this season that everybody had so been longing for and striving for. And we saw how they put it together. They're going to go to Disney World, which is kind of, you know, like this whole fantasy sort of thing. And they're going to stay at the hotels, at the resorts on, on, on the properties, and they're going to play at the worldwide sports, the, everything. They're going to, they detailed this entire plan. They invited specific teams only to join and to play these games and to, you know, we'll, we'll see the end of the season October 12th. So we still know that we're going to get bet basketball at some point this year, and we're going to get to watch the finish of that season. But baseball, we're not so sure how that's going to unfold. Baseball, as we know, never got to start their season because their season was postponed before it even got to start. We went on lockdown. I believe it was two weeks before the season was set to begin. And, you know, we're seeing how we, we talked about it. NBA put a plan together. We saw how La Liga and other sort of sporting leagues have put together plans to return to normalcy in sports. But Major League is definitely having a difficult time in putting a plan together. We talked about how owners have sort of asked players to take a a pay cut because of a shorter season and as well as you know there won't be as much money coming into the games because a lot of people won't be able to attend these games and you know they were hoping that the players would agree to this but apparently some players are not agreeing to this they want the pay that they were promised at the beginning of that season so we're seeing two completely different sides to this entire situation so it'll take a really long time for these two sides to sort of agree on something, which means that we may not see baseball until next spring. And I got to say that the 
proposal that the Major League Baseball owners have proposed is a complete mess, and I'm glad that wasn't accepted because it was just going to completely screw over all of the players. They were asking for a 50-50 revenue split. Now, that means they're making the same amount. That is such an unequal distribution of wealth that it's hilarious because, well, for one, the owners aren't risking anything because, well, they're just sitting in their comfy, you know, chairs watching the game from afar while the baseball players are the ones actually playing the games. They're the ones actually risking their lives kind of because of COVID to play baseball. And they're, and they're making the same amount as the owners. And for a second thought, the owners are billionaires. And you're saying that you don't have enough money for to support yourself during this time. And just imagine for a fact that you're making like, say, $50,000 at, you know, your job, you know, that's a good amount of money. And then due to COVID and all, you know, you're asked to come back. However, you can only make $10,000 and you need to split it with the, the owner of your establishment. I would not agree to that whatsoever. And the fact that people are making like, oh, the players make so much money anyways that it shouldn't matter. Well, I'm going to flip that on them. The owners make so much money anyways, around 10 times, 100 times the amount the players make that it shouldn't matter. So if you're going to use that argument, that's a pretty invalid argument and that it's just a mess, this whole deal, and I'm glad it didn't go through. Uh, um, I have to agree with you there, Mario. That whole proposition to try and bounce, make the league bounce back, it was not going to work. It was going to end in a lot of players not playing, and it was going to decrease the quality of the season and potentially maybe even a strike. But... I think they can get the details figured out sooner rather than later. We already saw that they were going to try and play in Arizona. And if you don't know, that's one of the two locations that they play spring training games in, the other one being in Florida. So I I like that idea, considering that the NBA is already in Florida. You The MLB has to figure out the details, which I'm sure that'll take them a while, but you got to figure out the details. And then play in Arizona until everything is cleared and then you can go back to your home stadium and keep it going. But I'm going to have to agree with Mario. I don't didn't like that first proposition that they had and they were going to need to go back and fix it before they can even think about bouncing back the league. Absolutely. So, you know, it's for sports fans, especially, especially if you're a baseball fanatic, it's hard to watch this go down because you're not sure whether you'll get to see baseball at all this season, which sort of throws everything off. I mean, when was the last time we ever saw some sort of a cancellation of a season, of a baseball season entirely due to obviously a pandemic? You know, we, we haven't really seen this ever before, but just a cancellation of baseball in general. So we'll see how that goes down and how that happens but I feel like if the NBA could have put it together and the NBA you know they truly took the time to formulate a plan and put it together to ensure that there's some sort of closure to the season I know that baseball never started but you know that just face it it's a challenge that they need to face they never actually started the season but I feel like it's something they can take they should take into consideration watch what the NBA is doing watch what La Liga is doing and try to figure out some way to 
talk to these players and see what they can do and what these players can agree on so that we can get some sort of a season working out. Interesting side note to all of this is last year, the whole Astros scandal went down. So it's going to be interesting if the season happens to continue, how all of that is going to come into play, how all the punishment is going to come into play. And again, back to my point, they're going to need to find a way to do this. And it's going to be very complicated. It's not going to be as easy as the uh, as the NBA because in the NBA, you could just throw them into the postseason, which is what they're doing. In the MLB, there's nothing you can do about the postseason. You have to play the game. Grant, you don't have to play all 164 games, but you're going to have to play quite a few, and it's going to be tough to figure that out. And also, um, I, I have a proposal for how the MLB could solve this. They could do a little play-in tournament, like kind of like how the College World Series is played. Like, it, it wouldn't really... Because, like, let's be honest, only a few teams have a shot of winning the World Series. And if you just have a play-in tournament, it's not going to really decide. Because let's be honest, even if they do play this season, the championship will have an asterisk on it. So let's just have some baseball that would um, benefit the players and the owners in a positive way. So I just say to have a little play-in tournament because no matter what happens, this season will have an asterisk on it as a shortened season and the championship will be looked on like, I don't know, in lower regard anyways, no matter how they do it. So hopefully we get to see baseball come back. I would like to see baseball actually not even just come back, start in general. But speaking of things and on the topic of things that seem to not be working out, you know, summer has begun. I know all of you guys are very excited. No more logging on to class at 7.50 in the morning. Now you get to sleep in. Well, not that much because we have the youth. Um, <laughs> we have the youth every day. But you get to sleep in some, some sort of stuff. And you get to do things that you want to do. You get to engage in your own sort of things, which we've been doing during this quarantine. But with school, you know, you had to complete schoolwork. You had to do the essays, the classwork, and everything that entailed, especially where you had to put an extra focus on this because it was so much harder to learn from home and we're seeing that you know we may have struggled a little bit with distance learning I think overall we did a pretty good job considering the circumstances being able to keep up with this workload especially that many of us here like I've said before are AP students so the whole testing situation that was a big change from what we're used to but we're seeing you know the verdict is in and distance learning didn't work out as it as people expected it to so obviously it was a very quick shift that everybody had to make and education experts are believing that distance learning in most school districts is not working whatsoever and we're seeing students falling behind at alarming rates these students especially statistics are showing black hispanic and low-income students are the ones falling behind the fastest you know they may not have the proper materials at hand we saw how schools were offering up laptops but not everybody has a laptop not everybody has a device not everybody has internet access or the materials and the facilities that they need in order to, you know, sort of be able to do at-home learning. And, you know, of course, this also adds where the parents of those younger students that they have to help them out in this scenario. For us, we're older, we're able to sort of juggle it, but the younger students definitely struggled because it was something completely new to them. And the parents had to help them out. The teachers had to completely shift the way that they taught. You know, I live with two teachers and watching what they went through these past 
80, 90 plus days in trying to adjust their learning environment online was extremely difficult. So as we know, the fall term is extremely uncertain as to whether or not you guys will return to a full-time schedule. You know, we've talked about hybrid courses. Some, you'll spend some time at home with distance learning. You'll spend some time in school. But how is this going to work now, especially with the new statistics showing that distance learning didn't work out as well as we expected it to? I mean, I can tell you, I personally stayed academically afloat and my grades didn't really falter all too much. And I'm very happy that I was able to keep that going. But I had a lot of problems with how distance, distance learning kind of ruined my routine. So I personally was very anxious and very whatever and very all of that, very neurotic essentially growing up and more so like in middle school and such like that. But, you know, my high school, my first high school year was doing me justice and sounding very good. And it was it was going well for me because I had my friends and I I kind of realized that during distance learning that the reason why I started faltering, not academically, I said I was staying afloat, I guess sort of mentally and emotionally was more because of I didn't have my friends in person and I didn't go to school. and I didn't have the structure that school gave me. So, I mean, we are kind of seeing that even though it, it didn't really work as planned because, you know, they're like, oh, we can give you the computers and we can give you connections to um, to online and, and, and be able to actually get on, you know, kids. It's, it's more so the fact that it's not that we can't be trusted with it. It's more so that there's just other things that come into play that when you are away from school, when you do leave that structure, that just don't work in the same way. And they try to enforce it as if it does. And I understand, like, they want to keep it, as much as they can into a school environment, which kind of comes into play with what they're going to do into the fall. Like, I've been wondering that, like, how, how are they? I mean, here in, in SLAM, our hallways are narrow, things like that are, are small. Even though we do have smaller class sizes, like, how is it still going to be affected? How are they going to enforce whether we do have a hybrid learning, whether we do have a morning school and a night school? I mean, I know that, like, back in the 60s, 70s, when a whole bunch of people were coming from Cuba here to Miami and Miami high was overpacked with kids. They did, they did some kids went in the morning, some did some kids go, go at night. And that's kind of how they kind of maneuvered it here. So I don't know if they're going to enforce that type of layout in for here slam or for other schools in Miami or if, or if the district's going to decide that. And I think that's what's kind of being, that's what's more nerve wracking now before it was how we have to adapt to the distance learning and now it's how the distance learning is going to adapt to us as becoming more difficult for us to understand. Now, I got to say something. I hated distance learning. I mean, it's just that it wasn't for me. It wasn't like my way of learning. And some of my grades, they did fall not to like the extreme where I like I got F's in my classes or anything, but they did fall a little and but some of my classes I stayed the same it's just that it's such like an adjustment you need to make in such a short amount of time that I just couldn't get used to it and the fact that some teachers just couldn't use the technology efficiently it, it just really hurt my you know learning experience it was just I really like did not like it and I just really hope next year we can get some sort of better schooling like whether that be you know how Nicole said whether it be through night school I just would like a physical experience at school because to be honest 
I would rather have no school than have virtual school because I felt like I could learn better than having to log on at 7 a.m. every morning to get on Zoom to have some teacher not teach efficiently. So I just hope we get some sort of physical experience next year. You see, that's your that's your perspective. And while, like I said, you know, it was hard for the teachers to sort of learn these platforms so quickly and so unexpectedly. It's something that they never had to do. They never expected to have to do. So while some teachers were able to adapt and use these platforms and use this technology to their advantage in teaching, in some cases, some of the teachers didn't know the extent that this technology would assist them in teaching, which is why I think like a lot of students may have gotten cheated out of that full education and that full what they entirely could have learned. And I'm not speaking from my experience. I'm just speaking in general. You know, it, it may, in some students' cases, perhaps their teacher may have not had the full understanding of how this technology works, which is why it was so difficult for them. You know, you see the TikTok videos, you see the Twitter tweets, and you see the post and everything where students say, wow, your teacher did that for you on Zoom. My teacher doesn't even know how to use Zoom. My teacher had a difficulty using Google Classrooms. My teacher, you know, couldn't un- completely you know, use the technology to their advantage. And, you know, obviously it's a trend where the younger teachers were able to adjust and learn to use this technology a lot easier because they've been around technology a lot longer. But say a teacher who's a little bit older, who is used to teaching in the classroom and even in the classroom, technology wasn't their forte. Now more than ever where they had to rely on it is when they, they struggled the absolute most. So definitely distance learning was not only a disadvantage to the students because they weren't able to completely get the full education of that grade given. So like in Brianna and I's case, we were done. So while it did affect our senior year events, it didn't really affect our learning in that situation because we were pretty much done and there's not much to continue on with. But say something like a sophomore who's preparing for, a, for their junior year, the hardest year in your high school career, it was hard for them to transition to this online learning where they may not have gotten that full 100% that they would have gotten in the classroom. So definitely there's so many different perspectives to keep in mind and not just the perspective of a student, but the perspective of a a teacher themselves, because again, they had to adapt to this technology that was just thrown in their face. And it's like, okay, here you go. Time to start teaching online. We're dealing with a global pandemic. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. Um, I kind of like just a pinch agree with Mario because I wasn't a total fan of the so like the social distance learning the distance learning I didn't like it at all really and and I'm I'm gonna be honest with you if if we had to do it again and if like if we had a choice between the school and distance learning I would just go straight to school I don't care I'll I'll actually just wear the mask, I'll wear my gloves, I'll, I'll legit uh, stay six feet apart from people. I don't care. I just don't want to do the social like uh, distance learning anymore because I just I don't like it at all. It was frustrating, in my opinion, the whole social distancing, uh, social distance learning, whatever you want to call it. It was frustrating to me because a lot of teachers felt obligated that, oh, you're not doing anything at home, so we'll just load you with work. And I felt like it was just stockpiling work. And some teachers didn't necessarily, like, it's not 
an offense to any of the teachers, but some of the teachers didn't necessarily know how to use the technology efficiently. So it was a little bit frustrating at times to work with this. I obviously had to adapt to it, and I did fine. Like, my grades were fine. They were, they were pretty much the same as what I would get in school. But it was just, it was a little bit frustrating for me. Um, for me, I don't, I understand, like, both teachers and students' perspective because I didn't like distance learning at all. But, like, with we had my mom home, and she's a teacher. And I kind of had to help her use Zoom because she didn't know how to use it. So for the teacher's perspective, or like I understand that it's hard. Like they had to adapt to something they weren't used to and we had to adapt it as well. But like Amanda said, like for me as a senior, it didn't take that much effect on us because we were done like a sophomore going to their junior year or a freshman going to their sophomore year. They affected them more. Grades-wise, like, I don't know how my grades are. Literally, it was, it's a long story. How I don't know how my grades are. But the pile of work that is expected, I know that there's different um, mm -hmm. situations at home that goes on that some students can't, like, probably finish their work. Or just because we're in quarantine doesn't mean that some students have to help their parents out at home or take care of their younger siblings. And some people don't understand that clearly, that it's difficult to adapt to distance learning because they're, pro they, they're probably helping their family in, in different ways. That's the other perspective that comes into play is that not every student is readily available to just log on at 7.50 a.m and do an entire day of school because you don't know the circumstances of what's going on at home, especially in the midst of a global pandemic where at any moment, any family member could test positive for coronavirus, could get sick, or even maybe if you have, you know, like elderly loved ones that you have to take care of because your parents are, is an essential worker and they have to go out and work and they're a doctor and they have to go out and work in endless hours and you have to take care of your grandparents. There's so many situations that come into play, even even like in a situation like this that wouldn't happen in a normal world where you're in school and you're going to school and that's your responsibility. There's some students that t took on a completely different responsibility in this situation. You know, there's students that had to go out and work in the midst of a global pandemic and they had to support their families during this pandemic because maybe their family wasn't working. So there's so many things that come into play in this situation that is um, that some people don't take into consideration. So it's something that you also have to keep in mind in a situation like this. Obviously, once we do go back in the fall and we have this sort of panned out and they understand what they're going to do and what plan they're going to roll out, it should be better off because that should be their student's priority. But if there is that second wave and we do go back into a lockdown, we may continue to see this distance learning. And again, it's proven to show that it's not working out as we believed it was. For us, You know, we're a small part of this entire situation. And we were able to handle it. We were able to juggle it. As AP students, we were able to juggle the workload shifting to at home and taking the test at home. And we talked about what went down with College Board and those tests. But not everyone is able to juggle it because everybody has different circumstances. Some people have to work. And in the case of a teacher, where, again, adapting to that technology is so much harder than we think. You know, we're young. We've grown up with technology our whole lives. So it's pretty easy for us to figure out how to use it. 
but a teacher and even the younger students who have to log on to Zoom. You know, my mom's a second grade teacher and logging on to Zoom every day with second graders was so hard and getting them to keep up with the work online was hard because they're just learning how to use this technology and use these platforms. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy because you're seeing how all these things are integrating, all these things are changing. And now so many people are being introduced to these things. You know, you have the younger generations, the older generations, all these things kind of mixing into the essentially born into into technology. You know, we we had an idea what it was, but we were given it when we were not too young, like how some kids are nowadays, but we also weren't giving it when we were 30 or in our late teens and stuff like that. So we definitely have a better grasp on it. And, and I definitely think that that's kind of what changes it. And that's what has definitely maneuvered it to be more, more frustrating for us when it comes to our teachers and definitely more frustrating for them whenever they're dealing with younger students because younger students might not understand the grasp of technology or get what's happening because it's not necessarily their forte and they don't really get how technology works and the whole grasp on it, which is the same thing with us and our older teachers, because again, they don't get the whole grasp on it either. And that's what kind of leads it to be more frustrating. And that's what kind of led distance learning to be a little bit more of a, well, hold on, Amanda. I'm sorry, but do you hear that? I do hear that. And that means we have near the end of today's show. Stole it from me. For another, um, she didn't steal, she didn't steal anything from from you. You're the stealer. Somebody mute Anthony. Make sure he stays muted during this time. We can't have him stealing Nicole's iconic line. But guys, thank you for another wonderful show here on The Youth Today. I know we blew through a lot of breaks, but it was nice to be back. And you can expect us now at our new time, 11 a.m. weekdays. We're still doing this no matter if it's summer. We're still waking up early and we're doing this for you. And we're doing this for us because we enjoy this. And we love having this platform to speak about our opinions. So thank you guys again for another show. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. And of course, we cannot end today's show without thanking our doctors, our nurses, and all our healthcare workers, all our essential workers. Thank you for fighting COVID-19 on the front lines. We appreciate everything you do, and we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the youth here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145.